Thrill Me. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. Thrilled to welcome you to another episode of Zach's Speakeasy, where you can step behind the bookcase, hear some inside stories, and all about drinks of choice. Now, your host, Zach Hilton. What an amazing time we're in because we are halfway to Halloween, and what an amazing way to start the halfway to Halloween event from the Horrific Network than having the speakeasy on to talk about it, baby, because that's what we're doing. So tonight, we have an amazing guest. I'm really excited about this because this is a person that has been very supportive of me of Hunter's podcast, of the Thrill Me Podcast Network, which you can check us out. Go to YouTube, go to Facebook. We're all over there, baby. We're on TikTok, we're on Instagram. Do all that. But tonight, it's about the horrific network, and we are talking about the halfway to Halloween event, Hunters Against Hate. This is an amazing time. So, my guest tonight, he is a front runner. He is a guy that loves HHN. He is a horrific man himself. I have tonight as my guest, a very dear friend of mine. I have Jimmy from Horrific Network themselves here tonight as my Zach Speakeasy guest. Jimmy, thanks for being on our episode. Thank you for having me, man. That was the best uh, Paul Heyman-esque introduction I've ever had. I mean, I could go a little harder into the paint if I went. The raining, the thinking, internet, horrific network, Jimmy, horrific. That's, and then I'll take a bad stunner because really I'm bad Vince McMahon. Yeah, don't blow your quad out. <laughs> I'm blowing everything, okay? I'm doing it all. Um, this is Zach Speakeasy. If you've never listened to an episode, really what it is, we find a drink of choice, we drink, we talk about said thing, and then we also talk about my guest's life because everybody that I have on these shows is very interesting. And tonight is obviously Jimmy because this event he's putting on is damn amazing. Now we'll get into that in a little bit. So Jimmy, thank you for letting Zach Speakeasy be a part of the event, but I'm so excited. So tell me about the the halfway to Halloween event. Tell me about the Hunters Against Hate. Like you've made an entire event. This is how many? Three years? Second now? Second year. Second year now. Yeah. So like talk about the event if this is a first time watcher. This is so when the pandemic happened, the convention that we host in Northern California obviously could not go forward. And so one of the co-producers of that event and I, that's called Sinister Creature Con, uh, Brian, who is a guest this weekend as well, um, he and I kind of came up with the idea that uh, the weekend that it was going to happen, we should just do a online event. And so that was Sinister CyberCon. So technically, as far as online shit this is the third year that we've done it but uh as sinister uh was able to come back to in person the online thing was so cool because it allowed us to have people who could not get to california anyway and so last year i was like you know halfway to halloween um seems like a good enough time to try to put something together and i did it with the mind frame that i didn't want it to be just celebrity guests although celebrity guests are a lot of fun to talk to i wanted to feature podcasting because that's where i came from you know my background as far as all the media stuff and so we filled that weekend like we filled this weekend here uh, with some great shows to host their podcasts and then we have great panels as well um and this year we are you know we're doing it to raise funds for haunters against hate which is a great nonprofit which is really all about you know, inclusivity to all walks and just really kind of trying to diminish uh, hate, which 
if you're in the hunt community and you're on that bird app, you know, is pretty prevalent. And so, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah, that was really, that was really it. Like support a great cause, be able to, to do this with the people that are closest to me and really, uh, just entertain people for a weekend. Cause not everybody is comfortable going out yet, which is fine. Yeah, and exactly that. If you're not comfortable with it, that's fine. But guess what? You have an event that you can watch in the comfort of your own home that's with it. podcasts, celebrity guests, and stuff like that. Like That's where we're at today. And I'm so excited about this conversation because when Zach Speakeasy was created, I wanted to make sure I was not just – Oh, I'm putting my hunt community in there at first because like I'm trying to reach out, branch out and stuff like that. Right. I think it's apropos that you're my first guest for <laughs> the hunt community. Yeah, I've had Brooke and wonderful, but we didn't really dive into the hunt stuff. This is actually my first love and talk about of haunt stuff on this show. So I thank you for coming on and being that first guest. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, so before we get into it, obviously it's Zach Speakeasy. So we do drink of choice. Now, Jimmy, you are the guest. What are you drinking tonight for Zach Speakeasy? So this, which if you guys ever come to California, you'll be able to get yourself some. I'm planning. I'm sorry to cut you off. I am planning a trip soon and you better fucking be there when I come. <laughs> so this is some of the Knott's Berry Farm Boysenberry Preserve like juice shit mixed with club soda and vodka. I did. Okay. Okay. So you're going real into your like neck of the woods because I was talking to a person today about the, the California area and they're from where Disney, I forget what they said that the area is it's orange County, obviously. Okay. Yeah, so like Disney town. Yeah, they said they were by Disney, and then they were like, oh, you could go to Knott's Berry Farm. And legitimately, I said, oh, not Scary Farm? Mm. <laughs> like, that's how I look at it. So Knott's sells this, like, this this thing you can mix with? Yeah, it's like a jug of, like, Minute Maid. Like, if you go to the store and get, like, the Minute Maid punch. Yeah. Like, they do, they do their, boy, like, they sell boysenberry everything. Shit right. does not even exist, no existed. You can get it in Boysenberry at Knott's Berry Farm. Wow, that's fucking amazing. So you're doing that berry with vodka. Yep. Oh, God. Okay, we're, we're going hard into the bank. Thanks for watching the show tonight. <laughs> so I went with, I have Blue Mountain Brewery. This is, it's called Hopworks Orange. Nice. Obviously, I'm going for the horror theme there. And the glass that I'm going to use is this nice shamrock Halloween 3, halfway to Halloween. Look at that. Tom Atkins just screaming at you because he wants us to know. I'm still pissed. <laughs> I'm still pissed about that last year. I want oh, to know what will happen. What happened? Well, oh, about your house. Well, the HHN LA had the silver shamrock factory facade up for okay. i don't know six months maybe more enough to get you excited about a fucking halloween three house and then about like a month beforehand they reverted it back to halloween four okay so let's talk about this for a minute so <laughs> this is zach speakeasy on hunter's pod which has already passed if you look at the title the title is called i hate twitter that episode, we talk about the speculation of Halloween 3 being a house and how talking about it, getting ready for it, and then it goes away like, what, a month or two before yeah, the weird. event happens? It was super weird. So what, what was that for you? For a guy that is based in California – you were getting almost a a property that you never thought you would get at an HHN event, in my opinion, because like, 
obviously Michael Myers is the Halloween guy, sure. but there is this bastard son of a movie that people love. I, I got the fucking glass. What was it like seeing it being reverted into this Halloween four house that you've gotten before? Uh, infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, whenever you say HHN, everybody always says like, oh man, like Universal Orlando is so dope. I'm like, yeah, I'm talking about the shitty one. The, the... <laughs> oh, God damn it, don't do it when I'm drinking. <laughs> oh, no. um, well, do so... you really feel like there's that difference? Like, do you feel like there is? Because I got to experience HHN with you last year. For yes. the first time, like we got to hang out and go through it. I I met your lovely wife who really hates anything <laughs> horror. <laughs> but like, is there really that difference between the Hollywood and Orlando? Uh, the short answer is yes. Okay. Uh, the long answer, the biggest issue with LA right now is that in movies you have the fade to black which I never realized up until a couple of years ago, this is why they do this. But in the fade to black in between scenes, they uh, had black hallways representing the fade to black in the scenes of the haunted house. Oh, and now so it's for a reason. And well, so they <laughs> said, no, we keep going progressively. So this we're going like six years ago, maybe even more this would happen in like a corner like you would turn to your left it'd be black and you're immediately in the next room and progressively along the timeline here it's become more and more prevalent so now we're at to the point like exorcist in la was 50 percent black hallway yes and every black hallway has the same scare tactic about four and a half to five feet off the ground there's a boo hole with a scare actor sitting in it and he hits the trigger and it's like a strobe and he pops out of the boo hole. Mm -hmm. If you do that like four times in each house, it's old real quick. It's redundant. <clears throat> and it's like to the point where if you listen to my podcast, uh, when we're there live, like I think I say multiple times, just cut the hallway out. Make the house. It's like they're doing it to try to make it as long as an Orlando house. Just make the house shorter. Make the oh, house okay. like make the house shorter and get rid of the fucking black hallway. Excuse my language. No, no, well, it, hey, it's your con. <laughs> Say what you want. <laughs> but I mean, I get that kind of look from it of being like, well, if you get rid of these in betweens, if it's just a straight house, because Orlando doesn't have that. Like yeah. we don't have cutscenes. It's just straight go 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 go. And even looking at what were some of the um, co-IPs from last year? Like, did you guys have Haunting, Haunting of Hill House? They had Haunting of Hill House in L.A. They actually, that was the best scare tactic in L.A. Okay. Because they had the room, I want to say it was like, it was either like a nursery. You know, in Orlando, you only saw her when she's pregnant. She had that thing in her belly. In the yes. So she, that whole room was bigger. And as you're walking through it, you didn't really see anybody. You saw the bassinet, but then there was a mirror on the far wall. And so when you turn to walk out of that room, the tall man was in the mirror. Ah. And, and that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, they also had in the uh, tea party room, um, when the little girl is dying, the room would strobe and all the ghosts are surrounding the table, which was pretty cool. That's so they do do, like, they, <laughs> they do do cool stuff, like, right. But it's just a matter of the damn blocked hallways and they're building, I'm they're building, you know, the expansion and everything. So budgetary, whatever, but. Oh, so there is an expansion of universal going on at this point. Oh yeah. They're building super Nintendo world. I don't know why I thought that was already built. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, so would you prefer going to Orlando than Hollywood? Would you constantly make that trip? 
would well here's an exclusive for you and all you guys uh you know who listen to the on season shit that we do which is always yeah. the highest rated uh this will, this will be jimmy's final appearance at hhn la for the foreseeable future what just to be able to make the trek to orlando really so you're 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 just cutting ties going to la and you're just going to go to orlando that's yes wow that's fantastic we gotta plan dates <laughs> yes yeah it's like we gotta we gotta make it a was, synergy. yeah it was gonna be last year mm -hmm. uh but this year uh it's my mom's 70th and she wants to go to oogie boogie bash so we're down there anyway okay so here's the thing here's the thing i'm planning for two years from now because obviously i have a toddler hilton mm -hmm. and i think and maybe you're the persuading factor here i think i would rather take him to oogie boogie bash than mickey's not so scary do you have thoughts i have not seen mickey's not so scary full like full effect right I, I we went last year um to their boo bash thing yes which was not it wasn't worth it it was way too short it was only three hours well, um so what i can tell you is the oogie boogie bash thing in california adventure is really really good it's it's pretty it's one of the better halloween things that they have done since I've done Disney Halloween. Right, right. Okay, so between Hollywood being okay besides the Black Walls, it feels those events have been pretty good at HHN. Then mm -hmm. if I bring my kid to Oogie Boogie Bash, mm -hmm. and if I feel okay there, and again, if I'm going to California, I'm going for the event. Yes. I want you to sell me not so scary or not not so scary not scary farm um not is have you have you you've done like hollow scream right it, in my bush gardens yes um that's what i would say it's pretty comparable to maybe a little bit more set design okay we went, i went to hollow scream in uh tampa and then we did the Orlando one last year for their first year. Yes. And it was like where HHN Orlando is worth the trip to go out to Orlando. Like, absolutely. I would fly out to Horror Nights all the, as much as I could. It's a different monster. Yeah. The, the hollow scream is pretty much on par with like the lesser parks, I guess you could say. Okay. So all, Knott's Berry Farm is like the hollow scream of East Coast. Right. Um, okay. But they have, like, they do some pretty cool stuff. It is a, it's an event that um, the crowd is a little bit more rougher mm. on certain, certain nights, but uh, it's, it's fun. It's definitely a good time. I, I feel like almost in the fashion of Knott's kind of feels like the more indie rock of, yeah, that's a of good the one. Halloween event that's going on at this big location. And when everybody's like, oh, I'm going to HHN, you get to go, I'm going to Knott's Berry Farm, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, buddy, that's how it comes across. My buddy always, my buddy and I have this debate every hunt season, and mm -hmm. the best theme park analogy I can come up with that they all are like, no, that's actually pretty good. Is are you roller coaster or are you dark ride? Oh, because he hates Halloween Horror Nights. Okay, because he and I haven't gotten scared at Halloween Horror Nights LA in years. Right, but I appreciate the set design and all that. Jimmy wants to feel something, guys. I do, yes. I want, <laughs> I, I want to walk through Camp Crystal Lake. I want to be in the boiler room. Right, right. Shove me out of the room, sir. You're taking too long. <laughs> <laughs> that 
That's how I am. I'm I'm looking at the houses like I'm about to buy it, like it's on the market. Yes. That's how I go through houses. Where right. not so, in your face scaring you. Like right. Right, 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 right. Okay, now now we're gonna we're gonna go back uh real quick. Just uh, just so I can know, is the shirt you're wearing with Stay Puff and HHN Orlando? HHN? This is Hollywood. That's a Hollywood shirt. Yes, yes. Okay. If they okay. share IPs, coasts, mm -hmm. it's usually the same shirt. Okay, okay, okay. Well, the main IP. I'll, right. I'll agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I want to go back real quick because, like, before HHM, before going into this network, what got Jimmy into horror? What was the thing that made you say, I love this? Damn. Um, so fifth grade, Ooh, my, okay. which he's actually a, a co-host, moderator, actor. My fifth grade teacher, Charlie, who uh, was the main antagonist of the first film I ever did. No uh, oh, shit. Yeah. 20 years later. Um he would read us goosebumps instead of like i don't know where the red yeah yeah and so and he used to tell us where the local haunted houses were each each year shut up yeah and so then my dad would take us and you know so that's kind of where that the haunted house stemmed from movies mm -hmm. god you know the one i always point to carpenter's halloween the original Pet Cemetery. Those are probably the top two from my childhood. That uh, my mom made us watch Pet Cemetery right after the dog died, because <laughs> <laughs> it just so happened she happened to finish the book like the same week that the dog died, and she still wanted to watch it. Oh um, my god! So that was brutal. And, That's a morbid uh, shit right there. I'm in <laughs> love with it. <laughs> and then. Uh, blockbuster video my dad and i would go every friday and he showed me halloween and i'm like that doesn't look scary and the night of uh, i couldn't finish it i was like, right. like oh and i was hooked ever since fucking blockbuster and I, I mean i know this is almost cliche to say now where like the reason why blockbuster worked and those movies worked back then is because the posters on the vhs box or dvd box we're just intense. Oh yeah. Do you yeah. have a favorite from the the era of the box? Like for me, I feel Evil Dead Two always had that eerie box with the skull with the eyes looking yeah. at you like this. Like the, for some reason, I had that ingrained in my mind, and I never watched that movie until I was in high school. That is a good one. That is a really good one. Um. It's gonna sound redundant, but Pet Cemetery. Cause yeah, yeah. They had uh, Pasquale's face, and it was like half of his face with the eye, right? With the eye, and then in some, uh, in some versions, Church is like on the lower third too, with his glowing mm -hmm. eyes. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that was a really creepy, just a creepy image box thing. Oh yeah. For sure, no. Pet Cemetery had a uh, a really evil one. Pet Cemetery two, not so much with Edward Furlong. Yeah. Like him in the cover did nothing for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you remember the first like legitimate haunt you went through? Like not, and when I say legitimate, because like we're in a weird world where like, you know, you could go to a haunt and it's you know ghosts are around. But I'm talking like HHN style haunt, Halloween, uh, Hollow Scream. Do you remember the first one you've ever gone through? Like theme park one? Yeah, because, well, it doesn't even have to be theme park, honestly. Like, I remember my first haunt was it, we had this thing called the Chesapeake Jubilees. Hmm. And the Jubilees would put on this haunt event out of woods like they fucking cut the woods open you would like the people would put up their own like this is my section 
and I'm going to boo you the best way I can. Okay. There was no storytelling or anything like that. But do you remember your first version of that? Yeah, there's one um, called Scaredale out in this little town called Oakdale. And they built, um, it was like their movie theater, their library, and maybe a hospital. But it was yeah. like a little town, like Main Street, essentially. Uh, so they had like a scare actor thing. And then they had all the fall festival stuff with the food and stuff you could buy. But the uh, movie theater haunt, or that was based on their movie theater, was pretty cool because you would walk in um, and you would walk like through the screen in each theater. So you would see like Phantom of the Opera and then the entrance into the room was the screen. And then there was like a scene from Phantom of the Opera. That was pretty, that was pretty wild. That's, that's wild because that reminds me of HHN. The Slaughter Cinema one. It, well, not even Slaughter Cinema. It reminds me of the rip from the silver screen. Oh, yeah. Same. Which same is the, that's my first one I've ever been to. And the opening of that, because the Usher is the icon of that event, like you go in a theater and the Phantom of the Opera is playing and then you go through the screen. Mm -hmm. Like that's a very like vivid memory and what you're producing that, that sounds fucking terrifying from a local haunt aspect. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. They did it for like three years and then I want to say people be stupid and they caught on fire or something and they never came back. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That'll stop things. Honestly. <laughs> um, from there, where does, where does the love of haunt go? Like, is it then from that aspect? Do you go, Oh man, I learned about HHN Hollywood. I'm going to start going to this. So really, it stemmed from call like being in college, okay, and, ha and having a group of people that I knew we collectively could get ourselves down to L.A. Mm. and back home, and if something went wrong, we wouldn't all panic and we'd be able to figure it out. Um, so like twenty, you know, twenty. 23 24 around there right. um, and if you go back to hhn hollywood's history like they've had gaps like yeah oh I've, I've talked about it on the show where like sometimes they're like oh we don't run this year yeah and so 2008 was the second year that they had been back for a while yeah. And I was just like, hey, like this looks really cool to a couple of buddies. And they were all like, let's go. We went. Um, had no idea, like no idea of what it was gonna be like. And we were hooked. They did Freddy, it was the Carnival of Carnage year. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they brought, you know, the same big three, Freddy, Jason, Leatherface, no black hallways back then. It was all all completely filled. And we were we were done after that. We were hooked. We knew we were going back every year. That was actually the year that made me want to go. Mm -hmm. Like my friend, he he went to the Orlando one. So when I was chilling out with him, he was like, maybe I was even talking about Hollow Scream because at that point I was like, Hollow Scream is my favorite Halloween event. And he was like, oh, have you ever heard of? Halloween Horror Nights. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he showed me a shot glass that had Leatherface, Jason, and Freddy on it. Yeah. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. We're doing Halloween events with the IP? That's bonkers. Yeah. Um. So you said that was during college that that happened for you. Mm -hmm. What were you going to college for? Uh, at that time, I was just trying to get through it. <laughs> <laughs> well the reason why i ask is because obviously you're also a filmmaker so yeah. i wasn't sure if college for you was to do filmmaking not originally i okay. started i started out my background was in theater okay back back in high school yeah in okay. like high school junior college i was very okay. much 
and then I did a couple years of stand up. Did uh, you really? Yeah, yeah. Shut the fuck door. Yeah, and so you know, I was going to the bay doing stand up and stuff, and it was all you know in front of people, live audience, right? Uh, and I hit uh, a, a pretty significant rut, and before horrific network and all of that like i was i was down and out pretty mm -hmm. hard and uh along the same time uh horrific started and we made that first film no idea what we were doing i was like i need to learn how to do this better not so much the podcasting but the filmmaking and uh now we're going into like 2000 17 16 17 around there mm -hmm. and there was the option of the school that i went to la film and they were like hey like you can do this remotely and only come down south periodically throughout the semester so we know that it's you're not bullshitting us right and uh at that point in time like i had met my now wife um my first you know, degree certification is in special ed. So I was working full time at our school district. So I couldn't just pack up and go. Um, and so I went back to school to learn filmmaking. And uh, I was now retrospectively, I'm so stoked. That was the best decision ever to actually go learn how to do it from people that are doing it on a massive level. Yeah, I mean, actually learning the art from people that are currently in it that sounds very like it's it's obtainable yes. you know what i mean like they know the deal they will tell you the ways of how to get into it yeah and that's gotta be especially in california because honestly california is the that's the mecca if you will yeah of filmmaking but what i kind of want to dive into Sure. Is the stand up right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stand up, and this is God honest, goddamn truth. I am a former pro wrestler. I am a guy that went out in pink tights, yelled at the crowd, and called them hicks, and performed in front of them, get my ass kicked, get pinned, and get booed off the fucking stage. Mm hmm. I would pick that a hundred times over doing stand up only because that sounds like the most petrifying thing that I have ever heard of. It is. It is. It's the worst feeling ever to go out there and you think you're hilarious and your friends think you're hilarious. I think I'm the funniest goddamn guy in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and to go out on stage and to, and to deliver you know lines because that's the way that i kind of learned was it really is a uh you're writing pretty much a monologue yeah and uh to not get any reaction at all is is the craziest feeling Could and to you imagine the feel and literally starting out in that like everybody has that reaction like open mic nights and your first bookings and stuff, you're going to get like, <laughs> right. And that's, and it's just a matter. It's like podcasting or vlogging or whatever else. Like you just have to continue with it. And right. Just the biggest advice to anyone who's trying to get into it, I could give is just shut up when you're, when you're, you know, on a set night and you have anybody who's got like, years of experience over you like just shut up and listen to their advice and uh, learn from them watch them mm -hmm. and a lot of that you know as i progressed uh was really helpful because it is all th theatrical on top of just telling jokes and learning to kind of blend the two the real you with your stage you and all that you know and imagine you know pro wrestling is exactly the same right and uh it's just a matter of knowing uh having enough material to to know like if you're going into it with a certain 
like lane that you think you're going to drive through in all night and it's just not working to be able to have enough material to be able to switch lanes real fast mm-hmm. and, um, and kind of win over that crowd. Uh, that is an important aspect of it too. What a, what a fantastic way to put that because there is a, cause I just kept thinking in my mind of like, how wild would it be if I'm like doing a brain buster and that brain buster is the nastiest thing that you've ever seen. And when you hit it and the crowd's just dead, doesn't say a sound, doesn't do anything. And it's like, well, that's an oh shit moment. And you didn't do anything. And you bring up a great point. And I think that's why comedy kind of is a mirroring aspect. Like ones with words, ones with like physicality Mm -hmm. where like, it is. You're absolutely right. Where in wrestling, if you're in a match and people aren't jiving towards like the chain wrestling, if mm-hmm. you will, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh no, they want to watch us fucking punch and hit and just go outside the ring and be barbaric. That's what they want. And you kind of have to metamorphose the, the match itself inside of it. And that's why I have never heard a comedian say that I have to like switch my gears mm. of what I'm saying. Usually, I mean, I think a lot of that is when you're watching it on Comedy Central and everything, those guys have been doing it for so long that they're freaking the best of the best. Right. And they don't have to anymore. They know their hour is solid. People have paid way they more. They know their character. Yes. Like they are dialed in completely. And the, they also have reached the status of if you don't think what they're saying is funny, like they don't give a shit because right. you've paid, you know, a hundred bucks to go into an arena that's filled with 20,000 people and 19,000 of them are laughing. So, right. Yeah. So we got into just the tip of the iceberg filmmaking. Mm-hmm. You have made yourself a filmmaker and, and and I've seen trailers that you have come out with your work. What got you like, you know what? I want to make this myself. I want to actually, because I, it kind of goes with haunts where it's like, you know, nothing's scaring you. And it's almost telling the world like, okay, this is what scares me. So what got you into doing that? The first the first one that I made, going back to that rut that I was in, was all retrospectively. Mm-hmm. And the it deals with Charlie, who I, I talked about. He plays a door-to-door salesman. And he's going through to seven different people who are abundantly representations of the seven deadly sins mm. like gluttony was an uh, actress who was a really good sport uh, heavy set heavy set woman who was catfishing people and wrath was a dude who was just physically abusive to his girlfriend envy was a girl who was envious over her sister getting the family business right. list goes on and on Charlie would approach them and say like, Hey, I've got this nifty new drug. That's going to take all that anxiety away, or it's going to help you lose weight, or it's going to help you manage anger. And all it takes is like one dose. You're going to notice a difference. And so these guys pop the pill and it's like a, a roofie. They pass out. And then immediately they go into like a nightmare on Elm street sequence where we had these great makeup artists from a college uh, make uh, the, the mass and stuff for these seven demons that were representations of the sin as well. Whoa. So like wrath was like, we had him like he was a motorcycle type guy and it was like, he crashed. So half of his body, he kind of looked like the uh, 13 ghost dude. Yes. Um, we had gluttony was like the chef who was all frostbitten and blue. And mm-hmm. so that, really was more of a therapeutic thing for like i wrote these seven short stories and i sent them to a friend of mine and he was like this is pretty entertaining like and so the stars really aligned 
where I, I knew a guy who had access to a lot of filmmaking equipment. Yeah. I, I sent him the script and he sent, he sent that script to his boss. His boss allowed us to use the cameras and all that stuff and made that. And it did well enough festival wise that I was like, okay. And then that kind of ties in with film school too. It's like, there is something that I could potentially develop. Like it, it was not like a monumental waste of time and money like this, this could be something and it just snowballed from there. Right. So from film school, do you feel like you're more of the, do you want to be a writer, director, producer? Like, what do you feel like your, what's your favorite role? Directing is definitely my favorite role. Um, writing, it would probably be a, a close second and editing a, a third. Mm -hmm. Um Directing definitely has, there's something cool about writing and directing to write something and then direct it. And it's like, damn, this is like straight out of my head. And these guys are, they're it's, doing this. It's yours making it. Yeah. And it's like yeah. these, and it's, it's not only that, it's like they're reading the words on the page and they're like, this is dope. And we go and we, you know, we put it together um to know that you have people on board with what you're trying to do is it's a surreal feeling it, yeah. and then when you know the latest thing that we did uh ghost executioners uh, last year a little short film um was the first festival that i actually like got to be there in person mm -hmm. and uh to see like your work play on a big screen and get called up on stage and everything. And that is, that is a feeling that I would not trade for anything. Like I was, that was way better than stand up comedy in my opinion. Really? Okay. Yeah. Look, it's wild because I'm in the same boat with you where it's like, I've made a thing. It's being seen on a screen. I thought this the other day. It's wild. You're watching on a screen where you've watched many of movies, Jurassic parks, yeah. fucking, Halloween sequels, whatever, like, but you're watching your thing on a thing, and then you're being accoladed for the thing people like, it's something people gravitate towards. Yeah. It's and that's wild. It's wild to be in that aspect. Um, do you feel like you want to stick in horror, or do you feel you can? go away from the genre and go to something else. So the, the one that we're making currently is definitely still horror. Mm -hmm. um, I've been, we have done horror comedy. We did a web series after that first film, which was more of us figuring out different tricks and, and shit. Right. And uh, the majority of us, as are you, Brooke and Wonderful, are pretty freaking funny people. Oh, thank you. And uh, so we crack each other up all the time. And so that was a really good just way for us to bullshit. Um, mm -hmm. And so the the return to comedy is always something on my mind. Right now, I'm kind of toying around with like a idea of uh, like people just in modern day but they think they kind of exist within the vein of Star Wars or Battlestar Galactica. Mm -hmm. like, where I'm from, Modesto, it's really just shitty Modesto. And, <laughs> and so they, there is like a mix of um, the turn being that like some of these guys actually are from that universe. Right. So that's like in the very very early but it that one will be more comedic fantastical than straight up horror film yeah no that sounds fun i i really i think that's the thing that's kind of holding me back because i have my own like projects that i have like i have a horror like scripted podcast that i'm trying to get on the way at the moment but like my ultimate goal is to a, do a dramedy 
that okay. I'm thinking about right now. And I don't want to put it out there in case of any of you watches, you try to <laughs> I'll tell it to Jimmy off camera, but I definitely, I definitely have like this. And I, I think you said it right there. Comedy. There's something about horror and comedy that click in so many ways. Like, yeah. Even like you have your film, I have Killer Reunion, bro. There's something about comedy horrors that really click. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you have, if if you could, before we move on, what is your favorite comedy horror and why is it not Evil Dead 2? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Comedy horror. Yeah, man, I I love Scary Movie Two still to this day. Oh, fuck, Scary Movie Two is really good. Like that movie makes me laugh every yeah. time I watch it. Damn, that's a good pull. Because when you really think about, it, they do a really good job of almost mocking the series, but also like we're just doing what it does. Yeah. You know, like, especially part two. And I love that you pulled that because it is that, like, it's a haunted house version now. Mm -hmm. It's not a slasher. Yeah. And, and there's something about Tori Wilson making love to a ghost. Yeah. Just... And then stalking him. <laughs> and the ghost just doesn't want a part of it. It was just a bang. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> what a pull. Oh my God. That's amazing. Okay. So I'd be apropos if we didn't get into HHN 2022. Um, spec maps have been coming. Mm -hmm. Things have been in the air. I would love to know if Jimmy has three IPs that he would love. For this year's HHN, what would they be? Damn, eyepiece. Um, I just because I really loved Hill House last year. Mm -hmm. I would. Everybody seems like they're on board for Midnight Mass, but I mm -hmm. actually I would rather Bly Manor. Okay. Um, just because they did such a good job, I maybe really recent, great. Re recency biased with. Uh, uh, Hill House, The Maze, because I do think Midnight Mass was a better show. Yeah. But I think Blind Manor would be a creepier haunted house experience. That's a that's a that's a take, baby, because like I watched Midnight Mass and that vampire alone, like just thinking about the the gauging of throughout the house, like getting to the point, spoilers for fucking Midnight Mass. Sorry, people. Once you get to that point where like the entire town is infested, yeah, wow, yeah, and and that is true. And if it came to HHN Hollywood, that scene would be half of the house, um, in blackness, just curtains yeah. flowing. They're vampires. You can't let any light in. It makes sense. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy, do you go to at home to look at the curtains that they choose? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, man, honestly, it's kind of like, like, what haven't they done at this point? Uh, right. I mean, Halloween 3 eventually would be cool. Do you think um, it's going to happen? The fact that we got that tease a year ago, do you feel Halloween 3 is in the realm of recent year i really feel like if it was going to happen it was going to happen last year yeah the fact that it was it's kind of like the scream orlando story um yeah. i went to that year like it was supposed to be scream turned into a purge house and it's almost like oh yeah this was put together in like three weeks yeah it was it and, felt it and so with that I I would say no, just because the fact that they had the thing built and they had to take it down. Right. Um, there's something, the rights or some kind of dispute or whatever hang up. Right. Um, never say never, but I, I just don't think so. I'm more, that's the other thing that's so great about Orlando is the original mazes are still there. And yeah, 
LA, we never get, you know, I shouldn't say never, one or two. now we're starting to, but for the longest time, we never got original stuff. And so on their spec map this year, this is like the most originality they've ever done. Yeah. If that spec map comes to fruition and uh the so those are really the ones that i always like look to with more excitement is just because that's something that is unique to orlando right and on that spec map uh i hate oversized bugs that's like my biggest fear i so just saw I, bug house is an orlando one yeah and so the fact that they're saying bug house whatever that evolves into between now and then like I know that'll Beetlejuice. We're getting Beetlejuice too. This time the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> My this side is still so salty. Yeah. Over the fact that LA did not get a Beetlejuice house. You're not wrong though, because like it, it it's so wild how those contracts work. Why would we get that while you didn't? But at the same breath, do you guys have a Beetlejuice just walking around? Yeah, yeah. You have a Beetlejuice? Yeah, he's around. How he's the fuck do you not have a Beetlejuice, Alex? I know everybody, everybody posts the uh, Frankenstein and the Bride all the time on Twitter, but Beetlejuice is a walk-around character. Like that's what I always get, and, and that's not, and maybe that's more so because Orlando doesn't have a Dracula, a Bride, and a Frankie. Like it is awesome to see. Oh shit, we have these characters to meet. Beetlejuice is just like he's practically the guy that lets you on Rip Rocket at this point. Yeah, yeah. So like, for you guys to have the Beetlejuice, and I did not know that is wild. Yeah, he was. You know, we had the graveyard review. Oh yeah, thing. we've what so, a show. Yeah, like that was in L.A. too. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he's been around. The uh, you mentioned the Bride and Frankenstein. That'd be probably the other IP. I hope they don't give up on is doing those classic, the Universal monsters. And then my third would probably be something Hitchcockian. It is fucking wild that we haven't gone back to Hitchcock. Because I feel like something that has been around since Universal Studios Florida's birth is the Hitchcock stuff. And you guys still have on that tram tour. His bungalow and the right. house. Right. You still have the Bates Motel stuff. Mm -hmm. Fuck. Wasn't what... And I thought this was inventive. You guys had a tram tour, or at least you walked through, where like Jason was in the Bates Motel at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is wild to think about. Yeah, they've the tram tour. Um, essentially, they take you to the Bates Motel area on that back lot, and they right. let you off, and you walk. If I had to guess, it's you know three quarters of or a mile out mm -hmm. there and yeah. it's just a, it overlays the themes the only thing that they don't overlay is the actual house they will overlay the motel but when you're walking that path you walk by the psycho house and norman bates is still on the porch and you can get a photo with them that is awesome and i want that <laughs> I want it, so badly. it looks it looks really good at night okay. especially so, and you went to Orlando last year. How many have you been to? Quite a few Orlandos. Uh, I've been to four. Okay, you've been to four. Out of those fours, which original house do you wish Hollywood would grasp? Because the spec map this year, and maybe you saw this, is like they switched originals for Hollywood and Orlando at one point. Like one point we had Pandora's box and then yeah. you had an Orlando one. Scarecrow, yeah. yes. Yeah. So if you could bring one house from Orlando to Hollywood, which would it be? Out of I'm, your four years. Dang, that's a good question. 
You're welcome. That's why I have that speakeasy. Check it out every Thursday on the Throw Me Podcast Network. Um, I mean, recency bias, it would be the icons, but LA doesn't have a relationship with them. Yeah, that's, that, that would be a hard pull for that. The Unless if it was called the icons go to Hollywood. Yeah. Fuck, we have a house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Jack with sunglasses? That would be pretty fantastic. That would Jack be- has become Steven Spielberg. Let's go. Um, God, put that on a shirt. Jack with the sunglasses with the palm trees in the reflection. Find um, it on Hunter's Tea Public right now. <laughs> um I feel like the best two that I can think of off the top of my mind that would like showcase how much Orlando does. Yeah. Are Wicked Growth and Carnival Graveyard. Oof. And the third would be back in HHN 20, there was one called Hades. Yes. And that one, and uh, they did a legendary truth one called the Wayne Dot Estate Mm. that was pretty wicked because that soundstage where Bride was, yeah, they built a house and it was literally, they had like a paranormal investigation van that was like spun out in the front yard and they had a dude with all the equipment and he was like we're like we're in the middle blah 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 like shit is going down and all the monitors are freaking out and then you walked up into the house and um the scare actors all the walls were scrims and so you would walk down a hallway and the walls would disappear and there would be ghosts on like heelys that would like float along with you what yeah, that one was really good. This feels very in the vein of graveyard games. It was like that, but if so, if you did that and then, but go the healing one sells. Yeah, it. yeah, it was like that meets Ghost Adventures. Holy shit, I'm into this. <laughs> and so, wow, that's fucking that is pretty epic. If 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 Hollywood could get that, I'm sure the black curtains would have a field day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Jimmy, I'll be honest with you. I'm almost done with that little beer there. You you're down to your drink there. I obviously everybody's here for the halfway to Halloween event. Please plug away the rest of the, the event that's going down. All weekend, man, tonight included. Tonight, actually, two more members of the Thrill Me Podcast Network, wonderful and review it, Rob and myself. We're going to be in the commentary booth as we decide. Everyone has this debate. Talk about the, the, bird, the bird app hate. As the debate is always, which icon is the best? Uh, we're going to find out in the ring, apropos, Actually, I should send you the link too if you want to. Play. <laughs> I'll be there. Big man, I'm gonna blow so many quads. First round, <laughs> first round matchups. You've got Jack the Clown versus Chucky. Eddie Eddie is uh, taking on um, Dracula. Usher versus Director. And Caretaker is also in action. Then we got Jim. And this is all of a, a, a debate to find the winner? Oh, no, man. This is, if you watch our show, Horrific Championship Wrestling. This is battle. Live. This is live. Uh, uh, CPU type thing where yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, we're using uh, WWE 2K19. And these guys are going to get it on. Uh with no influence by me or anybody else who, who does CPU. it. CPU. Yeah, CPU. This, this is all CPU. It's all um, done on stats. And then tonight, uh, wow. we uh, debut Chance Lady Luck, the storyteller in The Bride of Frankenstein. They're also part of it. So that'll be uh, that'll that's be a good time. Great. That's going to be great. All weekend, man, we got Richard and Anastasia Elfman. We've got uh, Joe Castro, great makeup artist. We got directors, we got authors, we got we're video game demoing uh, 
Universal Orlando uh, on the Roblox server. It's just tons of stuff, tons of great podcasts, and it goes from now until Sunday night. So, and it's all, and it's all Roblox stuff is so interesting to me because from a guy that has a kid that got into Roblox, like to see what the fucking community can make is what, like I've gone through HHN houses that are pretty goddamn spot on. Yeah. That's wild. That all stemmed from when we were all locked down and we couldn't go Yeah, looking for and having literally 18 out of the 24 hours day to just sit and stare at a wall. Yeah. And uh, I don't even remember how I found Roblox, but I did it once and I was like, holy shit, this is actually pretty entertaining. Yeah. And then the haunt community on that, on that server found us and they were like, well, you should come check this out and this out and this out. And yeah, it's fun. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird being, you know, 30 something years old and you know that 95% of them are like 12 years old, but I'm like, Fuck it, man. It's fun. Oh, so you're talking about Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jimmy, amazing, amazing time getting to know you here. If you've never heard about them before, horrific network. They're putting out the gospel for HHN, for haunts, for horror. Thank you so much for coming on, brother. For sure, man. Thank you. All right. Hey. Check out the rest of the horrific network halfway to Halloween event, Hunters Against Hate. Go help them out because that's such a great cause. And cheers.